0: Welcome to Episode 68 of Season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. On today's show, we're going to do something just a bit different. Every old-time radio fan knows who Jack Benny was and his famous Jack Benny program, which ran for 23 years under various sponsors on various networks and catapulted the comedian from relative obscurity to worldwide fame. This led to his even more famous television show, which ran from 1950 to 1965, overlapping in the beginning with his radio show. Most of the radio show's success came after the first few seasons, when the format, characters, running gags, writing, and even the comedy style gelled into the show that most radio fans remember to this day. But back in the very beginning, in the early 1930s, radio, and especially comedy radio shows, was brand new, and the creators of that medium were basically inventing formats and styles and writing as they went. Benny's first show debuted in 1932, 91 years ago and had no studio audience and no laugh track. So when Benny cracked a joke, it was followed by complete silence. There were no other actors, just him and the announcer, and George Olsen and his orchestra. The first iteration of the early show was basically a music program featuring multiple pieces played by Olsen, interspersed with comedic interludes from Benny. They didn't know if the show and the format would be a success, since it was all a brand new concept at the time. They didn't even know if people would tune in from week to week, and Benny makes reference to this several times during each show. And of course, they had no idea that the show would go on to be a massive success and run for over two decades. So for today's podcast, we're going to take you back to the very earliest beginnings of radio and radio comedy, and play the very first audition broadcast of the Jack Benny program from May 2nd, 1932, 91 years ago. Then, to show just how much the show, and radio programs in general, changed over the years, we're going to fast-forward to the very final broadcast of the Jack Benny program, 23 years later, on May 22, 1955. You'll notice how the cast and crew and Benny himself didn't even realize it was the final show, as they make multiple references to returning in the fall for the new season, which never happened. For those of you, like myself, who love situation comedies the best, or combination sitcom variety shows, the very first Benny program will be a completely different animal, as the sitcom hadn't even been invented then. So I hope you enjoy this journey back to the very early beginnings of comedy radio shows, of which Jack Benny was a pioneer, and then the journey forward to the very end of his show's run.
2: Tonight, Canada Dry, the campaign of Ginger ales presents a series of programs to advertise the new made-to-order Canada Dry, which you can now buy by the glass at drug stores and soda fountains. This series will feature George Olson and his music, Miss Ethel Chute, the star of many Broadway successes, and that suave comedian, dry humorist, and famous master of ceremonies, Jack Benny. Uh thank
3: you, Mr. Thorgerson. That's pretty good from a man who doesn't even know me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jack Benny talking and making my first appearance on the air professionally. By that I mean I'm finally getting paid, which, of course, will be a great relief to my creditors. I, I really don't know why I'm here. I'm supposed to be a sort of a master of ceremonies and tell you all the things that will happen, which would happen anyway. I must introduce the different artists who could easily introduce themselves and also talk about the Canada Dry made to order by the glass which is a waste of time, as you know all about it. You drink it, like it, and don't want to hear about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, a master of ceremonies is really a fellow who is unemployed and gets paid for it. I think you will like the entertainment arranged for tonight, I hope. Of course, I haven't seen any of the program myself, but I've spoken to the artists individually. They seem to think it's awfully good. The first number will be a selection by George Olsen and his orchestra. I think this uh, being our first program together, it is no more than fair that I have you meet Mr. Olsen personally. He's really a very charming fellow and one of the few directors who comes to and from his work on roller skates. That's perhaps the silliest thing that I'll say all night, I think. I, um, I might add that Mr. Olson is very, very handsome. I told you, George, I'd get that in. Uh, but as long as we are both on the air, of course, I won't have to worry about that. Oh, George, uh, come here. I want you to say hello to the folks, uh, Hello, everybody. Uh, that was George Olsen, ladies and gentlemen. He uh, rehearsed that speech all week. You know, uh, this is really all play with George. He doesn't have to work at all. I might say that uh, Mr. Olson is one of the wealthiest conductors in America. You know what I mean. He owns his own car. Of course, the other boys are in debt, too. Uh, George, uh, what kind of a car have you? A, a Saxon. A what? A Saxon. A Saxon, huh? Well, that was my fault for bringing it up at all, I uh, is it a new one, is it? Oh, yes, yeah, a very late model. I see. Well, you must have been in this country a long time now, haven't you, George? <laughs> yes. Yeah, say, by the way, Jack, what kind of a car have you? Me? I have a bicycle built for two. I mean, now, you can't go back any further than that. Well, George, I think we ought to get started. What's the first number? I beg your pardon, mademoiselle.
4: It's a French number, Jack. Do
3: you like French numbers? Do I? Mon Mon Mondux. mon-dux. <laughs>
5: I beg your pardon, mademoiselle Step in the garden, mademoiselle I'd like to tell you, mademoiselle You're wonderful, you're marvelous In other words, you're lovely Weather, mademoiselle Let's get together, mademoiselle You know I love you But if you don't me do I beg your pardon, mademoiselle
3: Look so important directing that orchestra, you know, with the baton in your hand. I don't know, there's something about all you fellas when you stand there waving that stick in the air. It's thrilling, you know. One thing I'd like to know, George, if the band didn't show up, what would you do with that stick?
4: Why, I'd throw it away and do what you're
3: doing. <laughs> <laughs> Always kidding. And now, ladies and gentlemen, may I present a young lady who is a star of many New York productions, Miss Ethel Chate. Uh, you will remember Miss Chute best in Whoopi playing opposite Eddie Cantor. Is it all right for me to mention Cantor's name here? Everybody else does. Uh, Ethel, come over and say hello. Oh, hello. Wasn't that clever? Oh, she does a lot of things like that. You'd be surprised. And Miss Chute is going to sing for her. She has a beautiful voice, too. She has a sort of a nervous soprano. You know what I mean? She, in fact, last week she had her nose lifted... So she could be heard in Philadelphia, and uh, oh, by the way, here's a little news for you might interest you. Mister Tay is really Mrs. George Olson, although I wouldn't go as far as to say that that's the reason she happens to be on this program.
5: Nevertheless,
3: she's Mrs. George Olson. Such a nice girl too. I'm surprised that she's married to Olson. And now, uh, Mister Tay will sing. Uh, I found a million dollar baby. I still feel a little Frenchy tonight, Ethel. So it's Mon Ducks to you too. THE END
5: Convenience store.
6: He found a million-dollar baby in a five-and-ten-cent store.
5: The rain continued for an hour. I hung around for three or four.
6: Hung around a million-dollar baby in a five-and-ten-cent store. She was selling china when she made those eyes a fine china until my birth's upright. And
5: incidentally, if you could run into a shower, you'd step aside a cottage door and meet the million dollar baby
6: from the five and six I lost a million dollar baby in a five and ten cent
1: draw.
6: Ooh, ooh, I lost a million dollar baby from a five and
5: ten cent draw. He
6: was selling ten cents apiece. On a the night the You find the 2 cops looking over the side To the and 2 the And then the crowd's that wide And incidentally If you would spend a happy, happy hour. hour Just at the a a style cottage store And meet yeah. our million million dollar million-dollar million babies million Maybe one Maybe
5: two Maybe three
6: Maybe four but And then that's not, not from the, that the center. Center
3: what a charming couple. And, uh, folks, I forgot to mention that Miss Chute was assisted by Fran Fry. Of course, I'm lucky that I remember anything tonight. Uh,
7: but you know, folks, all the time Miss Chute
3: was singing, I kept thinking of my girl. You know, I get so sentimental. I really have a girl. She lives in Newark, New Jersey. You know, the girl I go with when I'm in Newark? She's not what you'd call good-looking, exactly. In fact, she's quite homely, but... Then she can't stay in the house all the time. Uh, I, I imagine you folks have seen her pictures in different magazines. You know, she poses for the beauty ad, the title Before Taking. And she um, comes from a very fine family, although her father very often partakes of the forbidden beverage. It's all right for me to mention that, as they have no radio. In fact, her father drank everything in the United States and then went up north to drink Canada Dry. Boy, I'm glad I thought of that, Joe. You know, the one about Canada Dry? I'm really supposed to mention it occasionally. After all, I, I owe it to my sponsors, and they might be listening in. Uh, seriously, though, do you realize, folks, that if you want a drink of Canada Dry, well, say, just a glass, you don't have to buy it in the bottle. You can walk into any drugstore or soda fountain that has that big sign, Canada Dry made to order, ask for a glass and get it. I know you always have it in your home in bottles, but isn't it nice to know that you don't have to wait until you get home to drink it? Gee, I thought I did that pretty well for a new salesman, eh? I suppose nobody will drink it now. And now, folks, a very stirring number called I Love a Parade with a vocal refrain by the Messrs. Fran Fry, Bobby Borger, and Bob Wright.
5: I, a I love a parade, when I am a band, I just want to stand and cheer as they come. The sight of a drill will give me a thrill, I thrill at the skill of anything military. I love a parade, a handful of vets, a so line of cadets, or any brigade, for I love a parade. To see the boys in blue and hear their heavy tread. I used to love that Navy band with Susa at its head. <laughs> I love a stirring war parade, but best of all, I feel the biggest thrill when college boys come marching down the field.
3: Of a parade, ladies and gentlemen. The kind of a number that grips and thrills you, gives you that great feeling of patriotism, and makes you glad that you're an American. Personally, it didn't bother me very much because I took a nap while the boys were playing it. Uh, now, folks, in case you've forgotten, this is Jack Denny again. You know, the Canada dry humorist. Say, yeah, I thought that was good. The Canada dry humorist. I made that up myself, huh? It sounds like it. Uh, that witty retort was by George Olston, ladies and gentlemen, proving again that he is still an orchestra leader. At that, uh, George has a great sense of humor. Say, he told me a, st- a story the other day. Do you mind if I tell it, George? I'll give you credit for it, you know. It's really supposed to be true, too. It's about George's uncle, who had been ill for a long time. He had what you call labor poisoning. You know what I mean? He just was, couldn't stand working. So his doctor finally told him that he would have to get a lot of fresh air, do outside work, but not lift anything heavy. He told him that at no time was he to lift anything heavy. So his uncle got a job as a garbage man in Scotland. Funny, I—funny, you know—I never heard that one before. But the thing that kills me is Olson telling a Scotch story. I mean, because George, you know, is no sentimentalist himself. In fact, he invited me to dinner the other night, much to his own surprise, and he paid the check with a five-dollar bill that was in his pocket so long that Lincoln's eyes were bloodshot. That's a fact. Uh, however, he will now favor us with that very popular song hit called Paradise. After all, why should his orchestra be an, an exception? <laughs>
4: by this time I know you're thoroughly bored listening to Jack Den uh Denver Brewer well our master ceremonies and his alleged Canada Dry Humor and telling you all about Major the Canada Dry we also have a product to sell it's music and may we show you now just how we make music <laughs> And everyone's gonna tell you how oh, we all make music. Now, first there's Wally, He sure plays some with two little sticks and beats on his drum. And that's how we make music. Now we have the boys with their violin. Their bows go back and forth when they in, And the drums. Now the trumpet. Play loud and shrill, but when they get going, they'll give you a thrill. And the violin and the drum. The old trombone slides up and down. When he gets hot, he goes to town. And the trumpet and the violin and the drum. When we want a shiver, a quiver, or a groan, we call upon the boys with the saxophone. And the trombone, and the trumpet, and the violin, and the drum. Please, please, now, when we want some rhythm, where do we go? Why, it's old Bob Rice and his old banjo. And the saxophone, and the trombone, the trumpet, the violin, and the drum. Oh, the cow is now a little birdie. All right. Now, the next old fella can't be beat. You know him well. It's Piccolo Peach. And the banjo, and the saxophone, the trombone, the trumpet, the violin, and the drum. Okay, Ben Bernie, if you like it. That's it. Now we have the piano for cadences and such. All he needs is a very light touch. And the piccolo, and the banjo, and the saxophone, and the trombone, and the trumpet, and the violin, and the drums. So are you, so are you. Now the old bass fiddle plays way down low. He has to get a derrick to move his bow. And the piano, and the piccolo, and the banjo, and the saxophone, and the trombone, the trumpet, the violin, and the drum. Hey, please.
5: The piano,
4: piccolo, banjo, saxophone, trombone, trumpet, violin.
3: Now that's how we make music. That was cute, George. I mean, babies will like it anyway. And, um,. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the way these boys make music. Now, if they could only play it, uh, Mr. Olson will now play Come West, Little Girl, Come West. And I'm supposed to sing a chorus of this number. And you know, folks, that six months ago, I couldn't sing a note. Really, I could not sing a note. But after taking three glasses every day of Canada Dry made to order ginger ale, I still am unable to sing and can't even sign a note. So the moral of this is drink that champagne of ginger ale, Canada Dry, And don't worry about signing notes. So for want of a better soloist, Miss Chate will sing, Come West, little girl, come west. I'm going east.
6: I love to hear a cowboy sing like a cowboy sings when he's blue. Round the campfire on the rain When his early work is through If I could hear a certain love song What memories it would bring I can't forget that love song The cowboys
1: used to
6: sing the sun will set, the moon will rise, but I want to look in my baby's eyes. Come west, little girl, come west. The breeze will blow, the stars will be, but I'm too lonesome to go to sleep. Come west, little girl, come west. No, oh, don't be whining away, way down You know my love here for you will increase. I love the West, it's full of charm But I rest best in my baby's arms Come West, little girl, come West the sun will set, the moon will rise, but I'm gonna look in my baby's eyes, come wet, little girl, come wet. Ooh, breeze will blow, the stars will be, but I'm so soon to go to sleep, come wet, little girl, come wet. Oh, don't be hiding away away way, down here. You know my love is here, you will in free. On the way, it's all I've but i rest left in my baby's arms. Come, Wesleyan.
3: Hello, everybody. This is Kate Smith or uh, Jack Benny talking. I'm here. See how nervous I am. I mean, not so much because I'm broadcasting, but I think all my relatives are listening in, and I don't want them to know that I'm working. Uh, although I have, uh, I have an older brother that I'm quite fond of. I mean, we get along great. We sort of share everything together. I mean, what's mine is his, and what's his is his. You know. i've uh, although uh, this has absolutely nothing to do with Canada Dry made-to-order, I keep getting entirely off-subject. But don't forget, folks, that you can walk into your neighborhood drugstore, or any drugstore. I mean, after all, I don't care what drugstore you walk into. I'm just a master of ceremonies here, that's all. I mean, if I'm going to have to worry about things like that, you know, I'll have my hands full. Of... But go into any drugstore and order a glass, mind you. Not a bottle, but a glass of made-to-order Canada Dry ginger ale and stagger out. Isn't it funny the things you can buy today in a drugstore? I went in for an aspirin the other day and came out with a new hat. I, I I imagine the next number will be by George Olson. He's about to make his first appearance on this program. In fact, I'm lucky to get in here at all. Uh, this is called Drums in My Heart. And boys, try and finish this all together if you can. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God.
3: in a maze. Are you sleeping? Uh, I hope you'll be with us again Wednesday. In fact, I hope I'll be here Wednesday. George, though, we all hope that we'll be here Wednesday. Well, good night, then.
4: All aboard. Away we go. Get that little lady on the train, boy. All aboard. All <laughs>
2: Canada Dry. The ginger ale now available made to order at drug stores and soda fountains as well as in bottles. Canada Dry has presented Jack Benny, Ethel Chupet, and George Olson and his music. The same group of artists will be with you at this time Wednesday evening. Drums in My Heart from Through the Years is played tonight with the special permission of the copyright owner. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
8: The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike Program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the last Jack Benny show of the month. It's also the last program of the current series. And as a matter of fact, it's the last show of the season. So now I bring you a man I thought wouldn't last, Jack Benny.
7: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I know that you're trying to be clever on the final show but how could you possibly have thought that i wouldn't last after all a man my age is just in the prime of life
8: i guess you're right jack they've been priming you for 20 years
7: (laughs) (laughs) don don george global Cinemascope (laughs) stomach. Now, Don, control yourself But, you know, you may be right After all, nobody can last forever
9: You're sure working
8: on it, Bub.
7: Well, I see we have another candidate For the unemployment insurance You better
8: watch it, sister Jack's right, Mary He deserves a little more respect from us After all, he's one of the pioneers In the broadcasting business You're darn right
7: Why, when I did my first program There were hardly any radios in the country And darn few people Darn few people, darn few people Plenty of people when I started
9: They may have had feathers in their hair, but they were people Mary,
7: if I were Jackie Gleason, you know what I'd say? One of these days One of these days, pow, back to the May Company
9: If you were Jackie Gleason, I wouldn't have to go back All
7: right, all right
9: Oh, Jack, why are you so touchy? Can't you take a joke?
7: Certainly I can take a joke, but here we're doing our last program of the season and everyone comes in and insults me. I didn't insult you, Mr. Benny. Huh? Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, sir. Well, you see, Mary, Don, Dennis knows how to treat me with respect. Certainly. I feel that when a man keeps you working all these
10: years, he deserves respect. Well, naturally. A man doesn't get to be the star of a radio and television program unless he has ability and talent. Thank you, Dennis. No star can keep a loyal following of fans loving him through all the years unless he's an outstanding personality. Well... Can I go now, Mr. Benny? Why? I can't keep reading this stuff. It's
7: making me sick. Why did I have to let him go on? Why didn't I stop him when I was ahead? I should have stopped him earlier, like in 1946.
1: <laughs>
7: oh, well, it's the last show of the season. I won't be seeing
8: him for quite a while. Oh, say that reminds me, Dennis. What are you going to do this summer? Well, Don, I'm going to visit my uncle
10: in Las Vegas.
9: I didn't know you had an uncle in Las Vegas, Dennis.
10: Yes, he's married and has a lovely wife and three slot machines.
9: Ah, <laughs> hmm.
8: uh, gee, Dennis, I envy you going to Las Vegas. I'd like to go there, but it's so expensive. What do you mean, expensive?
7: Last time I was there, I got a room for $2 a day.
8: $2? Must have been an awfully small
7: room. Well, yes, it wasn't too large. As a matter of fact, it didn't even have a bath. Jack, do you mean to say that you stayed at a place without a bath? I didn't need one, Don. They cleaned me before I got to my room. (laughs) Hey, say, that's...
9: You know, that's a funny joke. It may have feathers on it But it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway I'm going back to Las Vegas This summer And stay at the
7: Flamingo Hotel Say, Mary What are you going to do This summer When we're off the air?
9: Well, I think I'll just stay around the house Spend all of my time In the backyard In my garden
7: Well, that should be nice Here in California And grow some wonderful flowers
9: I'm going to grow vegetables I've got to eat <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
8: Say, hey, Mary, that's smart, growing your own vegetables. Where'd you get the idea?
9: From the present Jack gave me last Christmas. what did he give you, Mary? A hundred pounds of vigoro.
1: <laughs> Gift
7: wrap,
10: yes.
7: Now, wait a minute. I think you're going just a little too far.
10: That's right, Mary. How can you say such things about a man who's so nice, so generous, so nice, so generous, so nice, so generous, so nice? Dennis, turn the page
7: already! (laughs) For heaven's sakes. Anyway, Dennis, time for you to do your song. And since this is the season's final show...
9: Jack. I think the sound man is trying to get your attention
7: Oh, yes, he is What is it, Twombly?
11: Uh, well, this is the last show of the season And all my relatives is listening in well, that's nice. No, it ain't. All they're hearing is people talking. They want to hear sound
7: effects. Look, Twombly.
11: A guy imposes on all his friends and relatives and gets them to listen to this program, and what do you hear? Yakada, yakety, yakada, yakada. Look, You look. may not know it, but in Canoga Park, I'm a big man. <laughs>
7: For heaven's sake, Twombly, there are sound effects at the end of the show.
11: Yeah, but all you got is the ordinary ones, like a knock on the door, a telephone rings. I want something complicated that'll let me show my artistry. But look... I like what? them dramatic shows. Can't you do a show like A, a Tale of Two Cities? Tis a far, far better thing I do than I have ever did before. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's the guillotine. <laughs>
7: Look, Twombly, we're doing a radio show, and you'll come in with your sound effects only when you hear your cue. So just keep quiet and listen. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Now where were we? Oh yes, come on, Dennis, let's hear your song. Very good, Dennis. Oh, say, Malin. Malin Merrick. Yes, Jack. That was really a wonderful arrangement the orchestra had for Dennis's number. Thanks. I also want to thank you for the discipline you've brought to the band. I've noticed during the last few weeks, right up to tonight's final program, the boys have been behaving much better, and they all... What was that?
9: Remley fell off his stool. <laughs> Couldn't
7: quite make it to the end of the season.
1: Right?
7: <laughs> well, isn't anybody going to pick him up? No, Jack. We usually let him lie there during the summer. The rest does him good.
1: <laughs>
7: well, okay. Let him stay there, but I want him up when we go back on the air next fall, you see. And Malin, rub a little cheese on his face so the mice will keep him shaved. Right? <laughs> Imagine Remley falling off his stool like that
11: Ah, uh, to the rest of the world that must have, might have been Remley who fell But in Canoga Park, they know it was me
7: <laughs> <laughs> Not from that reading, they didn't
1: <laughs>
7: Now look, Quamley, This is your last warning I don't want any more talk from you You're a sound man So all we want out of you are sound effects When we give you the cue Ah, uh, yes, sir
0: Tell me, Malan
7: Malin, what, what are the other boys in the band going to do this summer, huh? well, Most of them are taking summer jobs, all except Bagby. He's going on a pleasure cruise to Hawaii. Oh, Charlie's going to take an expensive vacation like that. Isn't he going to work at all? What does he have to work for? He hasn't even spent half the money he got from that Brinks job in Boston.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
7: Malin, how can you say a thing like that about Bagby on the air, even in jest? Now the police will come and get them. Swombly, hey! stop that!
1: <laughs>
7: and what are you bowing for?
11: Right now they're applauding in Canoga Park. <laughs>
7: Look, I don't want any more Anymore of your silly talk and sound effects. You just give us the sound effects on the right cue, and that's all. Ah uh, yes, sir. say Jack. Yes, Malin. Since this is our last program, the boys in the band chipped in and bought you a little gift, and they selected Sammy the drummer to
8: make the presentation. Come over here, Sammy. Okay, Miller. Mr. Benny, on behalf of all the boys in the band, it gives me great pleasure to present you with this token of our esteem.
7: Well, thanks, Sammy. Thanks a lot, fellas. Let me see what it is. Oh, isn't that nice? It has my initials on it, too. Yeah. Just what I've always wanted. A monogrammed ice cube. <laughs> Gee, thanks, fellas. And remember, at the start of next season, don't call me. I'll call you.
1: <laughs> Just
7: wait. I think we better get on with the program. I want to leave early so I can get a quick start. Hmm, who can that be? Come in.
12: Hello, Mr. Benny. Why, Mr. Kickshaw. <laughs> Mr. Benny, pardon my intrusion, but I just dropped in to say goodbye.
7: Well, that was very nice. Wait a minute.
12: How'd you know I was going away? Of this I was ignorant, but I know I'm going away.
7: Oh, really? Where?
12: I'm going to Europe to visit my relations.
7: Oh, that's wonderful. What country do they live in? Ireland. Gosh, Mr. Kitzel, I never knew you were of Irish
12: descent Just on my mother's side, full-blooded, I'm not (laughs) Oh, oh, I see And then from there, I'm going for a full week to Paris
7: Paris? This is in France I know, I know (laughs) Tell me, Mr. Kitzel, while you're there, are you going to see some of those Paris nightclub shows? (laughs)
12: Ooh, I'm planning to go every single night
7: Every night, but the whole show is in French. You won't understand a thing.
12: Mr. Benny, I'm going for looking, not listening. <laughs> hmm. You know, this I understand in any language. I know. Yes, I know. And then while I'm over there, and since it'll be summer, I think I'll swim the English
7: Channel. Swim the English Channel? That's right. But, Mr. Kitzel, you can't try a swim like that on the spur of the moment. You gotta train, and train, and train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> keep
11: now living on track five for Anaheim, what's stop and cool. Kug- now, Swambly, cut that out. Among.
1: <laughs>
11: <A> <laughs>
7: now look, that's the last straw. Another interruption like that, and I'll have you fired. And I don't care how strong your union is. I'm sorry I lost my temper, Mr. Kitzel, but this has been going on all day.
12: You get all right. right. I was just leaving anyway.
7: Oh well, goodbye and bon voyage.
12: Thank you. Mickey McVay was a man of fire, and he came from County Cork. <laughs>
1: kids
7: <laughs> no use writing anything they read anything they want <laughs> Don I must compliment you and the boys on that commercial it was really swell well
8: thanks very much Jack I'm
7: glad you liked it yeah but don't you think it would have been even better
8: if I had accompanied the boys on my violin no no <laughs> Don, why not? Well, Jack, I don't like you playing your violin during the commercial because we sell cigarettes. What's that got to do with it? People can't smoke when they're holding their noses.
1: <laughs> well,
7: another witticism from my chubby little chum. I suppose you thought that was funny too, eh, Don? <laughs> yes, I did, Jack. <laughs> well, Don, at this point, I think it's only fair to remind you of that old Chinese proverb, which goes, and I quote, when employees... Make joke about employer Then E soon find out that er fire (laughs) M So watch it, kiddo (laughs) Dennis, Dennis, what are you laughing at? I
10: just got it People can't smoke when they're holding their noses (laughs) Dennis,
7: Dennis, you're an idiot
10: Only on my father's side Full-blooded I'm not
7: All right. Now, everybody keep quiet. I want to call up and have my car sent around to the front of the studio so I can get right home.
13: Say, Mabel, what is it, Gertrude? Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yes, Mr. Benny? Yeah, I'll tell him. Goodbye. So what does he want? He wants I should call the parking lot to let them know he's leaving soon so they can get his car ready. Well, ain't he an eager beaver? What's he in such a hurry about to get his car? He always does that. It takes 15 minutes to get the boiler hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gertrude, I don't understand him. He's such a big star Why does he drive around in such an old jalopy? Well, that's because he's so sentimental. Oh, he loves the car. And I love money. <laughs> I know that, but I can't understand why he keeps saving all the time. Hasn't he heard that famous expression, you can't take it with you? Yeah, he's heard it all right, but he thinks he's worked out a system to get around it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how? He had a tailor sew so pockets in his skin. <laughs> Nobody can kid Jack about being cheap, but I happen to know he has a generous side too. What makes you say that? Well, the other night we were having dinner at the sportsman's lodge, and you know how most people only leave 10% of the bill for a tip? Uh-huh. Well, Jack insisted I leave 15. <laughs> oh, how nice. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Betty. The line to the parking lot is busy. I'll keep trying and tell him you want the car. It'll be ready by the time you arrive.
7: Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Gertrude. <laughs> well, kids, the program is nearly over. And it looks like we've come to the end of another season. At a time like this... Hmm. Hello?
14: Hello, Mr. Billy. This is Rochester. What
7: is it, Rochester?
14: Nothing important. I just want you to know that I've got all your things packed and ready for your trip.
7: Good. You put in all that stuff from my medicine chest?
14: Yes, sir. I packed your nerve tonic, stomach tonic. Liver tonic, blood tonic, and tonic tonic.
7: (laughs) Tonic tonic? What have I got that for?
14: In case any of the other tonics feel run down, that's what they take.
7: (laughs) Well, well, Rochester, did you pack my new gray suit?
14: No, sir, it's dirty. I'm going to send it to the cleaners.
7: But I want to wear it tomorrow in Las Vegas.
14: But, boss, that gray suit doesn't give enough contrast with your golden curly locks.
7: But, Rochester, what can I do? I don't have any other new suit.
14: I know, but you got other locks <laughs> Well, all right Now, now tell me, Mr. Benny Do you want me to pack your brown spike shoes Or your two-tone spike shoes?
7: I don't want any spiked shoes I'm not going to play golf in Las Vegas
14: I know, but if you win something You'll want to get out fast Gee, <laughs>
7: <laughs> I didn't think of that Pack the brown one
14: Yes, sir Hey, Mr. Benny, I think you ought to get some new luggage. This bag you got here is old, and it looks awful.
7: Rochester, I'll have you know that bag is genuine cowhide. Oh,
14: boss, this is cowhide?
7: Well, only on its mother's side, full-blooded it's not. (laughs) Now, Rochester, I hope you memorized that nightclub act I taught you. As your agent, I've arranged for an audition for you at the Flamingo, and I think I can get you booked in there.
14: I know, and I appreciate it. Only... Only,
7: uh... Only what?
14: Well, I read that contract I've got with you. What about it? Ain't I supposed to get the 90%? Rochester, I'm
7: putting the rest of that money away for you to use as a nest egg.
14: Well, push the hen off. I'm hungry.
7: Stop worrying about it. You'll get everything that's coming to you. Now I'll be back as soon as the program's over and we'll leave right after dinner.
14: Okay. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. For heaven's sakes, Twombly,
11: hang up the phone. You told me you didn't want no more sound effects. (laughs)
7: All the silly. Go ahead and play, Malin. gentlemen, although this is called the Jack Benny Program, I'd like to say that its success is due to the competent people I have working with me. My wonderful cast, the great supporting players I have, my producer, my engineer, my sound man, my capable writers, my fine musicians. How can you read that stuff? Doesn't it make you sick? Good night, folks. (laughs) See you in the fall.
8: program is written by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephberg, George Balzer, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks.
0: Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce.
15: Thanks for listening. Thanks for